Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message, which is brought to you by Pastor Todd Roberts. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. This morning we are continuing in a series we've been doing uh, throughout the autumn called Disciple, which is all about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, which is what we are if we're Christians. That's actually what we're meant to be, is a disciple or follower of Jesus. And what we've been saying is that being a disciple of Jesus is organized around three primary goals or values, and it's those what's listed there. Being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And I find that a really helpful way to think about what the Christian life is all about. And so over the last several weeks, we've been exploring what it means to do each one of those. And if you missed all that, you can go back and uh, check that out. It's all available for you online. However, today, or for the second half of this series, we've actually been getting more specific and looking at some of the specific practices of Jesus. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at uh, the practice of prayer. Jesus was a man of prayer. We've looked at the practice of community. Jesus wasn't just this this, uh, sage on a mountaintop who came down occasionally to dispense his wisdom to the world. Jesus lived in intense community. Last week, we talked about the practice of worship and how Jesus grew up in a worshiping culture that, that, that was oriented towards worshiping God. And today, we are looking at another practice of Jesus, which is the practice of Sabbath. Now, if you've been around church, you know what I'm talking about when I say, when I talk about Sabbath. But if you're new, let me just give you a a quick definition of what Sabbath means. Sabbath, it comes from the Hebrew word Shavat, which means to rest. And so I would say Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we cease from work for the purpose of resting and connecting with God and family. Now, I have preached on this before, and to be honest with you, when I preached on it, I think I got a lot of blank stares in response. And I get that, because in our culture, Sabbath has become a foreign concept. I mean, there's a few vestiges of it around, you know, a lot of Businesses and stores are closed on Sunday or, or they close earlier on Sunday. So we have a little bit of that. But for the vast majority of us, we don't even think about Sabbath. It's not even a category that we think about. That, that was certainly my case growing up. I mean, I grew up as a Christian. My grandfather was a pastor. And yet Sabbath was just not even any, not a concept that I even considered before. And so for most of us, I I would imagine that unless you come from a really unique background, and most of us probably feel the same way, we see Sabbath as this quaint, sort of archaic, outdated practice that, that is just totally impractical for this day and age that we live in. So I think it's kind of, you know, as if I bring this up and you're just kind of like, huh, what, what, do I really need Sabbath? Is this really important to me? This, this whole idea of taking a break just seems kind of laughable to you. I get it. I get it. But today, my hope is to convince you that you actually need a Sabbath, that Sabbath isn't just an outdated practice for people that don't have enough to do, that have way too much time on their hands. Sabbath is for people like you and I who have way too much to do. 
Sabbath is something that we actually need in the 21st century, if anything, even more than people in the 1st century or the, the 12th century BC or what, all the way back. It, it, we need the practice of Sabbath. And so today I want to try to convince you that that is true and hopefully encourage you, give you some practical tools for how to incorporate it in your life. So first of all, um, I want to just give you a couple reasons for why we practice Sabbath. And it starts here, the simple fact that Jesus practiced Sabbath, right? I mean, if we're followers of Jesus, if we're seeking to emulate what he did, which is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, not just to know about him, not just to believe in him, but actually practice the, the, his lifestyle, then if Jesus did this, then we need to do it as well. And Jesus did practice Sabbath. And the main reason that we know that is because Jesus was an observant Jew. And Sabbath is a really big deal in Jewish culture. You know, for them, Sabbath was the cornerstone of their weekly rhythms. It all revolved around this Sabbath day. And in Jesus, and throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus practicing the Sabbath in various ways. We get hints of it. We don't, it doesn't spell it out in, in real clear detail, but we get hints of it. For example, here in Luke chapter 4, it says, Jesus went up to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So Jesus was doing what every observant Jew does on the, on the Sabbath. On Saturday morning, they get up and they go to church. They go to the synagogue for worship. This was something Jesus did. It was part of the rhythm of his life. But why was Sabbath a big deal? Why is Sabbath a big deal in Jewish culture? Well, it goes all the way back to the beginning. I mean, it predates Moses. It predates the Torah. It predates Abraham. It goes all the way back to the account of creation in Genesis. Remember, God created the heavens and the earth, and, and he creates for six days. And then when it gets to the seventh day, it says this in Genesis 2, verse 2 and 3, it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, this right here is the first thing that is called holy in the Bible. And I think it's really, really interesting that the first thing that is called holy is rest. Have you ever thought about rest being something that is holy? Something that, that, that God has given you that, that is actually an expression of worship to Him, that is something is sacred to Him? I certainly haven't thought about it that way, but this at the very beginning of creation, God says, rest is a holy thing. And so then this was uh, ratified and commemorated in the Ten Commandments. So fast forwarding now to Moses. Moses goes up on the mountain. God gives him the Ten Commandments, and it says, remember, the fourth commandment says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. And this includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants. And do we have the rest? There we go. Your livestock and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested 
That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So here again is another uh, reference to the Sabbath day being a holy day. And it's all going back to this pattern that was established at the very beginning of creation in which God creates and then he rests. Now, that is, I mean, a couple of reasons why the Jews uh, took Sabbath so very seriously. And, and the other thing about the, the, uh, the practice of Sabbath is that Jews saw it as a sign of the covenant. It was actually a sign of their covenant relationship with God. Just kind of like a wedding ring is a sign of my covenant relationship with Lauren. The practice of the Sabbath was for Jews a sign of their covenant relationship with God. And so if they were practicing Sabbath, they were reaffirming their covenant commitment to him. And if they weren't practicing Sabbath, they were saying, I'm done with God. I'm not, I'm not committed to him anymore. So it was a really big deal. And this was the context that Jesus was raised in. So what would happen is every Friday at 20 minutes before sundown, the family would come together, the matriarch of the home would light special Sabbath candles, and they would have a ceremonial meal together, which I would love to go into all the details, and perhaps at some point we will, but they have this ceremonial meal together, and then the rest of their time is devoted to worship, to relaxation, to being together with family, and to resting from their work. And they, would practice, and they would do that until sundown on the following day. This is a really practical. A lot of us think the day begins, uh, or in our culture, we think of the day beginning in the morning or maybe at midnight. But in Jewish culture, the day began at sundown. And I think it's really interesting that, that's, that, was, that they would start their week with the first day of the week for them, was the, or the seventh day of the week for them was this day of rest. And for them, you know, they've got animals to take care of and all those things, so they've got, they, they can't leave their animals alone for a whole day. So they, they, uh, they have this window at the end of the day in which they can take care of things. But that's how Sabbath works in their culture, and they still practice it today. And by the way, if you haven't seen The Chosen there, it does a great job of depicting what Sabbath looks like in Jewish culture, and especially the second episode, I highly recommend it, shows how Sabbath is really practiced in Jewish culture. And it's still practiced that way today in Israel. If you're there on Friday afternoon, you'll see a frantic rush of people trying to get home, and then as soon as the sun sets, everything gets really quiet. Almost all shops are shut as the people honor their Sabbath. And I heard uh, a story, I read a story from a woman who was uh, visiting Jerusalem. Uh, it was a Friday afternoon, not long before the Sabbath was to begin, and she was sitting in an outdoor cafe, and there were some teenagers that were running by, and they were shouting, and they were singing, and it was so loud and boisterous, it was kind of concerning for her, you know, when you, you get a bunch of uh, 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 teenage boys roughhousing and singing and shouting, you know, you, you might wonder what's going on. And she asked the waiter, she said, is something wrong? And the waiter's like, oh, no, 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 no. They're just happy. Well, what are they happy about? Well, they're welcome. They're, they're happy about the Sabbath. They're welcoming the Sabbath with their singing and their shouting. They're rejoicing about it. She said it was like you had just told some American kids that they were going to spend the day at Disneyland. They were so excited to welcome the Sabbath. So this is the culture that Jesus grew up in. But I think there's a couple of reasons, you know, I, I can tell you that, but it kind of, I think it doesn't land for a lot of us, and, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, I think we dismiss it because we think, well, Jesus was Jewish. Of course that's what he did, but I'm not Jewish, so why do I need to practice the Sabbath? 
But remember, this is not about becoming Jewish. (laughs) This is about being a disciple of Jesus. And as I said earlier in this series, if we want the life that Jesus offers, we must embrace the way that Jesus lived. You know, so many of us, we want the benefits of being a Christian. We want the joy. We want the peace. We want the the transformation that Jesus promised. You know, we read verses like John 14, 27, where Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives, so do not let your, your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And we think, that sounds good. I'll have some of that, that peace, please, Jesus. Please bring it to me. I want that peace. And here I am. I'm waiting for that peace. And, and I'm not really feeling more peaceful. I'm feeling just as anxious as I was before and more just as fearful as I was before. I think a lot of us were wanting this download of peace or wanting this download of, of the, the life that God promised us. But the thing is, is it's not just enough to believe in Jesus. You actually have to adjust your life and adapt the lifestyle that Jesus led. Because it's not just all, you know, sometimes God does do things supernaturally and you get those downloads, but, but they don't stick unless you adjust your lifestyle to live like Jesus did. And I believe Sabbath is one of the, the, the main ways that we can adjust our lifestyle to live like Jesus did and, and receive the peace that he's offering us. And, you know, we talked in the beginning about how being a disciple is about being with Jesus. I think Sabbath is one of the best ways I know of to actually practice that. If we want to be with Jesus, what what better way to do that than to set aside a day to cease from our activity, to focus on him, to actually spend time with him, extended time with him, not just a quick prayer on the way to work or not just a a quick, you know, Bible verse on our way out the door, but actually be able to endure. Really dig deep into the presence of God and spend time with Him. It's this is one of the best disciplines I know to help us practice being with Jesus. But I also think we tend to dismiss this idea because when we read the Gospels, it looks like Jesus dismissed the idea of Sabbath. You know, many of Jesus' opponents got really upset with him because, and one of the main reasons was because it looked like he wasn't practicing the Sabbath seriously enough, like he wasn't practicing it strictly enough. And they were, they came after him over and over again that Jesus was breaking and violating the Sabbath. But Jesus wasn't doing that because he was saying we don't need to practice the Sabbath. Jesus wasn't eliminating the practice of it. He was correcting the practice of Sabbath. You got to understand that in first century Israel, they kind of gone the opposite way of where we are now, where we hardly even acknowledge Sabbath. They went to the extreme other end where they were hyper-legalistic, very, very zealous in practicing Sabbath. In fact, they had 39 different regulations which, uh, that, that they built around Sabbath so that you would never get close to violating the Sabbath regulations. Now, some of those you know, things like lighting a fire. That, that was actually forbidden in the Torah. You couldn't light a fire on the Sabbath. But many of the others were, were extra add-on rules that the religious elite had put in place. And so Jesus recognized that, that they had gotten so legalistic about it, it had now, Sabbath had now become a burden and not a blessing. And so he took action with this. And Jesus, it's really interesting. Remember, Jesus is love in action, 
Everything we see that Jesus does is an example of love. And what does he do? He actually goes and picks a fight with the religious elite by actually provoking them about the the hyper-legalism in their pharisaical laws. And how does he do this? He goes and on five separate occasions, he heals a sick person. And this was, oh my goodness, he healed. They weren't amazed. They were angry. Why on earth would you heal somebody on the Sabbath? They got so upset at Jesus with this because that was a violation of their law. You couldn't do that. On another occasion, Jesus and his disciples, they're walking through a grain field and his disciples, it's on the Sabbath, his disciples are hungry, they pick off a few heads of grain and eat it as a snack. I know that might sound like a weird concept to you, but they just, <laughs> that's what they did at that time. And, and, and people saw them do that and they're like, oh, I can't believe that, that the rabbi is allowing them to violate the Sabbath on that day because that, my friends, was violating the law of sowing and reaping. <laughs> They were really upset about that. So Jesus, so they, they confronted Jesus, and he, and he allowed this to, to be an opportunity to correct the practice of Sabbath. In fact, he put it this way in uh, Mark 2. He said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So he's reminding them, it's, it's, he's, like, he's not saying don't practice the Sabbath, but he is correcting how they practice the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not about legalistic rule keeping. It's about it being, it's about something that's supposed to give you life. It's meant to be a gift. In fact, there's this great story in the Old Testament. You know, the Israelites have just come out of Egypt, and they're, they're traveling to the promised land. But in the process of that, God is training them. He's teaching them how to be his own people. And one of the things that he's teaching them about is Sabbath. Because when you're a slave, this was a new thing for them, because when you're a slave in Egypt, uh, you don't get Sabbath. You don't get days off when you're a slave. So they had to, to work constantly. And as they're now journeying to, eat to the promised land, God is teaching them about the practice of Sabbath. But they were having a hard time getting it. And that, that should encourage you this morning. If you have a hard time practicing Sabbath, be encouraged by that because uh, the, the, well, you can take encouragement from the fact that the Israelites who had seen the 10 plagues, who had seen God part the Red Sea and had seen all these miracles were being fed with manna and, and, and water from miraculous sources. I mean, they had seen everything and yet they were having a hard time practicing the Sabbath. So if we struggle, then I, I think I can understand that a little bit. But look, God says this to Moses. I think it's interesting that he says, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. God calls the Sabbath a gift. It is his gift to you. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but do you see the kindness of God here? God does not treat us like machines that just constantly work. We're always on. No, he, he gives us this holy day of rest. And he says, I want you to rest. I want you to enjoy. I want you to delight in the good things I've given you. God calls the day of Sabbath a rest or a, a gift. Now, so we practice the we practice Sabbath because Jesus practiced Sabbath. But secondly, we practice Sabbath because Sabbath is an antidote to the chronic busyness that we live in. 
It's an antidote to the chronic busyness that we all live in. I don't have to tell you about this, right? I mean, we, we live in a chronically busy world, an always-on, hyper-caffeinated, 24-7 world, and our busyness is doing every, it's driving us to save time, to cut corners, to multitask, to, to, to cut out sleep, to eliminate our margins. Busyness has become the cultural norm, and I don't have to tell you that it's had a detrimental effect on our souls. I mean, just think about it for a moment. How much downtime do you have these days? I mean, not counting lockdown, that, that might be an, an aberration, but how much downtime do you have these days? And when someone asks you how you're doing, what is our most common response? Busy. I'm busy, <laughs> right? Now, would you say, just thinking about your, you know, how you've been, I, I realize this might be kind of an unfair time to ask these questions in the midst of a global pandemic, but are you happy most of the time, or are you stressed or anxious most of the time? Are, are you excited about the future, or do you have a sense of fear and foreboding when you think about the future? Are, 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 do you feel deeply loved, or, or do you feel like you have to perform for approval? When was the last time you felt carefree and lighthearted? I think for a lot of us, it's been a long time since that would be the, the norm for our lives. Now, I know there's many reasons for this, but I think we'd all agree that chronic busyness is a major cause to the stress, the anxiety, the tension, the frustration, the, the exhaustion that we live with from day to day. And the thing is, you know, busyness, it's become a badge of honor in our culture because if you're busy, then you must be important. If you're busy, you must be valuable. If you're busy, you must be successful. If you're busy, you must be living life to the full. Busyness is the spirit of this age. And if you're a Christian, there's a whole other level to this because if you read through the Bible, I can show you plenty of verses that tell us really clearly that that it's good to be diligent and that making the most of our time and having a good work ethic honors God. And of course, that's true. And laziness dishonors God. There's verses about that. That's also true. But I think we confuse having a good work ethic and not being lazy with being busy all the time. And here's the problem with this chronic busyness that we live in. Chronic busyness undermines our relationship with God. I mean, have you ever met somebody who's really stressed out, really tired and exhausted, who, you know, falls asleep in conversations? And, and when you talk to those people, do you think to yourself, man, I want what they have. That looks great. You know, they're really busy all the time. They're really like frazzled. They're exhausted. They're irritable. Man, I just want that lifestyle. No. No, that, it, does not, <laughs> it does not honor Jesus uh, 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 or let me say it this way, Jesus is not glorified by an unhappy, exhausted people. Rest is actually part of how God made us. It's part of what's built into how God, our, our operating manual. If, you could, if we had an operating manual that came with us on the day that we were born, it would say, this person needs a day of rest every seven days. And I know we like to think that we're the exception to that rule, but we need that day of rest. And it's so important because if we don't do that, then our relationship with God gets undermined. And we see this in, in our natural relationships. If I'm really busy, 
then my relationship with Lauren and my connection with my kids gets impacted because I can't be fully present with them. I'm too tired when I'm with them to really focus and pay attention to what they're, they're wanting from me. I, I, I start to pe- treat people as commodities, just trying to get done with this thing so I can get on to the next thing. And it begins to erode my relationships with people. And it's the same in our relationship with God. When we get really busy, what happens is we don't take the time that we need, and the result is we begin to drift away from Him without even noticing it. And this is the danger that has been created in our culture as we have abandoned the practice of Sabbath. But here's the thing. Jesus invites us to rest. His famous invitation in Matthew 11, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus invites us to rest. Now, let me just clarify here, because a few weeks ago, Carol was sharing how when she first came to our church, somebody was talking about this verse, and she thought, why are they talking about yokes? Is that like an egg yolk? What is that? No, the yoke is the wooden beam that would go across animals when they were plowing in the field. It, just, it kept them yoked together so that they could plow and pull the, the, the plow evenly. And Jesus was saying... Well, actually, and the rabbis, what they did was they used that, that word yoke. It was a colloquialism that, meant, uh, that, that summarized their teaching and their lifestyle. So Jesus is saying, my teaching, my yoke, my lifestyle is easy, and it's light, and it's going to teach you how to rest. That's the life that Jesus is inviting us into. So if, if your life doesn't reflect that, then there's places for us to grow in our walk with God. If Even if your practice of Christianity just feels endlessly busy, then there's places for us to grow in our walk with God. See, Sabbath is one of the best ways I know to disrupt this busyness that we just end up in, that we practice over and over again, that we, it, it's just become our default, all norm. It's the, it's the air that we're breathing. Sabbath is one of the best ways I know to disrupt that. There's an example of this uh, that I read about from William Wilberforce. Most of you know him. He was the famous anti, anti-slavery uh, campaigner in the uh, late 18th century. And in 1801, William Wilberforce had a crisis, a spiritual crisis of sorts, uh, when he became severely tempted by success and ambition. He was an up-and-coming uh, politician. He a lot of, had a lot of things going for him, and a new prime minister had just been elected, uh, Henry Addington. And Henry, uh, uh, William Wilberforce heard this rumor that he was on the short list to be a cabinet member. <laughs> he was going to be appointed to to a government ministerial position as a cabinet member, and he was so excited. And he just, he said he, got, he was intoxicated with the risings of ambition, of ambition. And this is understandable. I mean, if you were offered that kind of power, if you, were, if you realize you're right on the precipice of being able to step into that position and where that might lead, I mean, for William Wilberforce, it might lead to being a prime minister. Who knows where it will go? And he felt this rising up within him, and he sensed that there was a conflict between that ambition and that that acclaim and his relationship with God. But fortunately, 
Wilberforce had a practice of Sabbath throughout his life. And he would spend every Sunday in a day of worship and solitude. And then one particular Sunday, as this crisis was at its peak, he, he took a day of solitude, and here's what he wrote about it. He said, Blessed be to God for the day of rest and religious occupation, wherein earthly things assume their true size. Ambition is stunted. You know, many politicians have come and gone over the years. But because William Wilberforce was able to resist the allure of success and uh, the, the appeal of getting this position, and he was able to, he was able to risk his, his reputation in the anti-slavery campaign, he became far more than just another politician. He became the man that was responsible for removing slavery, the slave trade from the British Empire. But what would have happened if he wouldn't have had that day to just say, stop everything, I'm just going to pause from all the busyness, all the, the responsibilities, and I'm just going to focus my heart on God. God course corrected him. And God made us in such a way that we need that course correction every seven days. Sabbath rescued William Wilberforce, and I just wonder if Sabbath will rescue you and I. So how do we practice Sabbath? Real simply, how do we practice Sabbath? You know, it's one thing if you're living in Israel where the whole nation practices it. It makes that a lot easier. I, am, I confess I'm a little bit envious uh, of Israel for that reason. I would love to be there and just have the whole nation uh, doing the same thing at the same time. But in this culture, it's a little bit more difficult. It's not as easy. So what does the practice of Sabbath look like? First of all, I just want to say that I don't think it needs to happen on a specific day. The Jewish people practice it from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. As Christians, we've often just used Sunday as our Sabbath day. I don't really think it matters what day you use. In this culture, it's, it's difficult to, for every one of us to all do the same thing, but what matters is that you set a day aside. For my family, because Sunday is a work day for us, I, I, I do the, the Friday to Saturday night thing. We've tried different uh, experiments with this, uh, but right now what we do is the Friday to Saturday night, and, and sometimes it works really well, sometimes it's not a, a perfect execution of Sabbath. We usually get the Friday night part right, Saturday is a bit more iffy sometimes, depending on what all is going on, but we're working on it. We're trying to figure it all out, and this is not about getting it perfect. This is not about a legalistic rule. This isn't, there's no, um, you know, you're, you're not going to lose your salvation or something if you don't practice the Sabbath, but what this is is an invitation into intimacy with God and freedom from the everyday uh, 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 busyness that we all live in. But I think there's two primary values that we need when we're practicing the Sabbath. The first one is rest. Remember the, the fourth commandment said that the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest that's dedicated to the Lord your God. So Sabbath is the day that we cease from all of our work naturally if you're a student, it's the day that you cease from your studies. It's also a day that we cease from unpaid work, so jobs around the house. This is not the day to clean out your, your garage or to paint your house or to you know, do, uh, uh, embark on some massive project. It's a day to pause. It's a day to take your foot off the gas, to take a nap, to leave things undone. 
For me, I, I try to avoid the stuff that drains me. I try to stay out of the news. You know, I found that I can ignore the news for 24 hours without the world falling apart. I try to stay away from my phone. That's probably the single hardest thing for me on the Sabbath is to actually put down my phone because I think I have to confess I'm a little bit addicted to it. I know I'm probably alone there. I know you guys are all judging me right now, but just pray for me because <laughs> uh, that is a challenge to set the phone aside. I just want to put down anything that is going to stress me out, whatever that might be, and I want to actually take the day to rest. And if I'm more exhausted at the end of the Sabbath day than I was at the beginning, maybe because I'm playing so hard or, or whatever, then, then maybe I haven't really kept the Sabbath because this is meant to refresh us, to renew us. But the second thing with Sabbath, the second value that I think we need to keep in mind is delight. Sabbath is actually meant to be a delight, not a drag. Look at this verse from Isaiah. This is God's promise about Sabbath. He says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. So Sabbath is meant to be a delight. I think it's really interesting God uses that word there. It's meant to be a delight, not a drag. And maybe if you're lacking in the joy of the Lord, if you're feeling uh, discouraged, not feeling joyful, whatever, maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe practicing the Sabbath you know, this is an if-then statement. If you practice the Sabbath, if you call light, then you will find your joy in the Lord. Give it a try. See what you think. So Sabbath is meant to be not just a day of rest, but a day of delight. The uh, psychologist Dan Allender, he puts it this way. He says, if, do we have it? There we go. Sabbath is whatever intrigues, amazes, tickles your fancy, delights your senses, whatever casts you into an entirely new and unlimited world is the raw material of Sabbath. So that might sound really kind of uh, uh, ethereal, but what he's talking about there is the things that awaken your heart, the things that cause you to come alive, the things that, you know, maybe it's watching a sunset, maybe it's spending time with your spouse or your friend. Maybe it's, you know, for me, it's often just I try to actually look in my kids' eyes and actually have conversations with them because I can find sometimes the week goes by and all the busyness and that doesn't really happen. It, it, it could be, you know, taking a walk in the peaks. It could be reading. It could be watching a film together. I know some guys that love cutting the grass. I'm actually a part of that. I love cutting the grass. It's something I can start and finish I don't feel like that's a violation of Sabbath because it actually fills my heart, doesn't drain me. But the bottom line here is to take 24 hours and set it aside for, what, uh, for rest and to reinvigorate your soul. But one very practical tip here before I close, and that is practicing the Sabbath requires preparation. This is one thing that we have learned uh, uh, kind of the hard way in my family as we've tried to practice the Sabbath. It requires preparation. And it's interesting, the Gospels, they, they refer to this, they, they talk about the day of preparation. That, that's actually the Jewish name for Friday. <laughs> 
or it's their slang word for Friday. It's the day of preparation. In other words, they're trying to get all their work done, all their shopping done, all their cleaning done, all their cooking done, so that when, when Sabbath arrives, everyone can relax, including the women who often did so much of the household work. That was the goal. So the hardest part about practicing Sabbath is actually preparing for it so you can do it properly. And John Mark Comer, he made a comment that I think is really true, that the reason most people don't practice Sabbath is not because they don't realize that they need it, but because, with all due respect, we're too lazy. Or it just takes too much work to actually enable yourself to Sabbath. It takes planning to do it right. There's a discipline to the Sabbath that, that, that is really hard for us. So my challenge to you today is actually looking at your life and figuring out what do I need to do to actually pause and take a break and really practice the Sabbath? Can you actually do it? I think you can. You know, you may not be able to start with 24 hours. You may need to take uh, just an evening at first or maybe a half day at first. But my, my, my bet is if you will try it and you'll give it a, a good you know, three or four weeks of just getting into a rhythm of doing it where you just purpose, I'm gonna set aside this time to actually rest, to delight in things, to be with God, to connect with others. If you'll do it, then you will find something begins to shift inside of you and you'll want more. And we'll grow into this place where you can take a full day. So my question this morning, though, that I want to leave you with is what if? What if you actually did this? You know, a lot of us think, like I tend, used to think, I don't, I've never really practiced Sabbath, so what do I need to start now? I'm fine without Sabbath. Why do I need to do it now? But, but are you really? All that anxiety, all that stress, all that exhaustion that you're complaining about, are you, are you really all right? <laughs> what would happen if you actually began to embrace this practice? Would you find that you are able to love God better? Would you find that you're able to love your family better? Would you find that you're able to love your neighbor better? Would you find that you'd be able to love your irritating boss better? Would you find that you're able to love uh, uh, the, the, the person on the street that God is calling you to share Christ with better? Would you be more present to the gifts God has given you? Would you be more creative? Would you have more of the life that God's intended for you, the peace that God intended for you? I think you will. So can we try it? I realize this is a big ask, but following Jesus means following his lifestyle, and this was a part of his life. It's a treasure that we've lost in our modern culture, and I want us to recover it. And it's my prayer for each one of you that, that actually everybody in this church would be able to practice some form of Sabbath. There's so much more to say about this, but I'm just going to go ahead and close this in prayer. We need to, to wrap up. So let me pray for you. If you could just maybe hold out your hands as an act of surrender to the Lord. And Father, we just say, Lord, this is such a challenge for us. We've lost this ancient pathway, this secret that you've given to us of experiencing the life that you've called us to. And today, Lord, we just say, God, we, we give you our lives afresh. And Lord, we want to live by your way and not our way. Lord, help us to surrender 
the busyness. Help us, Lord, to trust you and leave things undone for a short window of time to rest and to delight ourselves in you. God, give us the courage to do that. Lord, I pray that for, for everyone, a lot of us, it's a question of how. How do we do this? And I pray that you would show each one of us how this can be done in our lives. And Lord, I pray that more than anything, as a result of this, we would be a people who know how to be with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.